Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for stores September 12th through the 18th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our store teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And zone caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I am exercise the demons. This house is clear. Hanging out with us with so many of you been... Uh, chatting it up in the room. I'm checking out these great conversations you guys have cooking in the comment stream. It is the Huddle Up Podcast coming to you live on YouTube and Facebook. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, did you have a good uh, New Year's Eve, brother? What'd you do? I kind of just stayed in, kind of kept to myself last night. I really don't, I haven't gone out for New Year's in quite a while. So I just, you know, the fireworks went off and it scared my cat. So it was just a, I watched the, the uh, New Year's show a little bit. Then I kind of went to sleep. I'm like 30 going on 60 in that sense, Chad. So I wasn't, it wasn't a, a too uh, productive night last night. Yeah, you sound like me. We, Same just, thing we just put on a movie and watched a, watched a few movies, ate some snacks, and then midnight went out. Pounded some pans and then, uh, you know, saw some fireworks. People were shooting off. Some people really get into New Year's, dude. For me, it's just it's just another day. It's exactly. not that big of a, of a holiday it's for me. Exactly how I am, too. But Happy New Year to all of our great listeners. Those of you who've been hanging out in the room, let me shout some of you guys out. Vitrone getting in there three hours early. What's up? Noble Young, Shooter McGavin, Derek, Stu, what's up? Miss Christy. We'll, we're going to get to Christy's... Uh, Super chat here in just one second. That's awesome, Christy. Thank you so much. Thank you. But yeah, welcome in everybody. You know, there's there hasn't been a lot of uh, momentous news that that has taken place. Obviously, since last we talked to you, the season's over for the Denver Broncos. And as Elway talked about on Monday, the front office and the coaches, Zach, they're going to take a month off 
and uh, recharge and kind of step away so that when they come back to the building, they're going to go through and watch the cutups on all the players and then hand out a grade, hoping that they are now, you know, a month removed from the, from the must, if you will. And that the emotion, any kind of, whether Fangio described it, good or bad emotion has dimmed and they can kind of attack this thing, analyze this thing through a more objective lens. So we might not have a ton of news to break down until a, about that time, but also you got the Shrine game coming, you got the Senior Bowl coming. Right. There's gonna be tons of stuff to get to, and and that's why we kind of shift toward free agency. We shift toward the draft. I kind of like the strategy on the Broncos' part, though. Whereas in, in previous years they would have jumped right into the the prep work for the next season, but I like them taking some time off, not for their own you know benefit, not as a vacation, but to kind of let things settle and let them get a complete picture of what this season was like, take stock of what the 2019 Broncos are and what the 2020 Broncos can be. So I like the fact they're kind of getting their ducks in a row, and it can't hurt anyone. It's been a very long season, five preseason games, a lot of up and downs. So um, I like this, but you're right, we have so much stuff to get to including the Senior Bowls this month. we got the Combine next month. January 1st, it all starts the offseason. There's more to talk about now than during the season. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Christy jumps in with a $20 donation on Super Chat. Thank you so much, Christy. She says, 2020 is our season. Go Broncos. And as always, thank you guys for the outstanding dedication and heart you put into this. Well, thank you, Christy. You make it worth it. All of you guys being here and, and supporting the cause. We we basically organize our daily schedules, our lives around these live pods with you guys. And, and that's not a complaint. We love it. We look forward to it. We relish it. But Zach, before we get to some of these other questions and super chats, we, we don't worry, we're not going to miss you. I wanted to ask you a couple things as kind of a retrospect looking back on the 2019 season. If if you were to say, if you were to name one player who emerged as the team's MVP for the year, who would you who would you name it? Oh man, there's so many. I think on both sides of the ball, uh, Cortland you, Sutton you on offense. One on offense, one on defense. I think Cortland Sutton on offense because he really took that leap from wide receiver three last year to wide receiver one this year, and he grabbed the the bull by the horns in that sense. And I think he's now a household name, and he really blossomed in 2019. And having the worst quarterbacks throw to him didn't help either. Uh, defense. I, I got to go Justin Simmons. I think he finally reached – he should have been a pro bowler, and he kind of finally reached that ceiling that we thought we could, he could be. But you have Alexander Johnson. You got Mike Purcell. Those are the unheralded guys. Don't get a lot of love there. But I'm going Cortland Sutton on offense and Simmons on defense. Just for the sake of conversation, I'm going to say Drew Locke. Now, look, I know he only mm. played five games. But in terms of his – I mean, that it was the most successful – streak of games for the Broncos all season long. Five game starter uh started five games, went four and one. And what he means for this team going forward, 
I mean, it's, it's everything, man. And, you know, I'm actually more inclined, the more I've, I've thought about it and listened to Elway and what, what he had to say Monday morning about Locke, I'm more inclined to agree with you, Zach, that he was actually being much more complimentary about the kid than I initially, um, you know, took it for when he said, I don't have any other options right now. So I guess I'm going to go ahead. And I think that's what you were right in that he meant what Elway meant to say. He's not the greatest communicator, despite his (laughs) job. What he meant to say is Locke played so well. It's it's undeniable. I can't, I can't deny this kid deserves to be the guy going into 2020. So MVP for me, I'm going to throw out there Drew Locke, even though he only played in five games. On the defensive side of the ball, again, just for the sake of conversation, I I could agree with Simmons. I'm going to throw out also Kareem Jackson, even though he Mm, missed those final two games because of suspension, and then he missed one start earlier in the season with an injury. Man, he made such a difference. I'm telling you, in week four, the Broncos end up losing that game to the Jaguars. They allow him to come back late, Zach. If Kareem Jackson is healthy and playing in that game, that was the one game he missed from a health perspective all year. I don't think that I don't think Jacksonville comes back because if you can remember, that was a game in which it was missed tackles galore all up and down the field that allowed them to come back into the game. So Kareem Jackson to me, Von Miller, probably my biggest disappointment for the year, if I'm yep. if I'm being honest, on that side of the ball anyway. Offensively, biggest disappointment, who you got? You know, I kind of want to say, I'm not going to say Philip Lindsay because he still had a thousand yards. I want to say Royce Freeman, though, if only because they, they yeah. pictured a bigger role for him. He was supposed to be this, this one B to Lindsay's one A, and he was very disappointing to me. I also would throw out Deshaun Hamilton on offense until Locke got in the game. He was a massive letdown. We, we were supposed to see his big leap coming forward, too. But on defense, Von Miller, I mean, he was a disappointment considering how much he's getting paid like a franchise quarterback, and he didn't produce. What was it, eight sacks this year? He had more in a Vance Joseph system. He was still good against the run. He still applied pressure to quarterbacks, but you're getting paid that much money. You're expected to win those one-on-ones and sprain MCL or not. You're expected to get more sacks than eight. That's just my opinion. That's just the way it is. I don't think it's necessary, though, for both Fangio and Elway to keep saying basically that we we believe Vaughn can be better. Vaughn can play better. Like enough's enough, man. Like if you're gonna, you, you already said that he's coming back. Von Miller, they're gonna pick up his team option this year. He's coming back. He's making franchise quarterback money. Let that kind of do all your talking for you, and just say, look, you know, it's a transition year where where he's learning a new system. If anything, stand up and defend the guy. I don't, right. and and I'm not making excuses for him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. I just think enough's enough. I think it's gotten to him, this whole idea. And it started, I think, with Fangio with the best of intentions, standing up there at his introductory press conference a year ago and saying, and I think Von Miller can be even better. Well, you kind of jinxed him, to be honest with you, Vic. And Elway saying the same thing. And I would tell him that in my office face-to-face. It's like, dude, enough's enough. Let I mean, respect him for what he is. Let him do his thing. And quit putting this weird passive-aggressive pressure on him. Right. Yeah, that was, you know, it's. I felt like there's been a disconnect with Elway and Vaughn ever since that protracted holdout after after the Super Bowl with uh, Vaughn and John Elway. There's never been, I think, great blood between the sides. And you had Vaughn Miller calling out Elway, Vaughn Miller's mom, sorry, calling out Elway and, and uh, suggesting the Cowboys would go after Vaughn. There's never been a really solid, I would say, friendship or kinship between Elway and Vaughn Miller. But we talked about it, Chad, the day Fangio was hired and he made that comment about Vaughn Miller. We said it was a mistake then. And it translated into a mistake, a down season for Vaughn. I, I think he'll be better next year, but I do not like the way he was handled year one under Fangio. 
Christy wants to know how you feel about the Broncos playing the Falcons in London. What's what's your thoughts on that? The prospects of that seeming like it's going to be a reality. I wouldn't mind if the Broncos don't lose a home game, if only because of how much home field advantage they do get by playing in Denver. But if it's an away game, if that's a Falcons home game, that's fine with me. It's always fun to have the Broncos on an international stage. I just think it's funny. They played the Falcons in the Hall of Fame game in the preseason. Now they're going to play them overseas. So it's kind of a weird uh, you know, rivalry going on, but I don't mind it. I- I'm all for it. It starts a little earlier for us to cover, but you got to do what you got to do. Angel jumps in with a 99 cent, a dollar donation on super chat. Thank you, Angel. Appreciate it you. means a lot. Let's see what uh, pranked films. That's a new one. Welcome. I don't know if, if you've just kind of been lurking, not commenting, but welcome. I, that's the first I can remember seeing your name in the comment stream. And thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. Do you expect the Broncos to re-sign Derek Wolf, or do you think we'll just sign someone within the draft? What about Connor McGovern or Will Parks? Let's let's start with Wolf. Yes or no? Do you think the Broncos make an effort to get him re-signed? Not make an effort. Do they re-sign Derek Wolf? They will certainly make an effort. They will float him an offer. It just comes down to how much he values himself and how much I think he can get by shopping his wares on the open market. They will negotiate. I I just personally, it, it comes down to what they want to prioritize. Shelby Harris, they want to lock him down. They want to spend more money on the the secondary with Simmons and and Chris Harris Jr. They'll make him an offer. They will negotiate, but I don't see Wolf giving the Broncos a haircut or a hometown discount. So if he can get more money on the open market, there's a good chance he's going to leave this offseason. If I had to make a bet right now, I would bet that Derek Wolf gets re-signed by the Broncos. I think despite some of his bluster, I think he is a guy, and the team knows this, that will, you know, if an outside team's willing to offer him $10.5 million per year to sign, and the Broncos come in at nine and three quarters, I think he's he'll still take that deal to stay in Denver. Just I do think he's coming back. Now, what about Will Parks? Because even though neither one of us have been a big fan of Will Parks, especially right. the last two years, but he's been a great utility knife for Big Fangio this year. Played safety after Duke Dawson crapped the bed. Will Parks basically was the nickel corner, especially post Kareem Jackson getting hurt or uh, getting suspended. He's been quite the utility guy. He's a great locker room guy. Him and and Justin Simmons are like blood brothers, basically. Do you think Will Parks is a guy that Broncos try to resign? Because I think he's coming back. I think they'll find a way to get him, you know, paying three, four million a year to come back on a two year deal type thing. Yeah, I mean, he to me, he's replaceable. So you might value him a little higher than I do, Chad, but he's not going to command a lot on the open market. And I think he's a guy who would take a little less to stay in Denver. Like you mentioned, the relationship between him and Justin Simmons, they came up together. He loves the Denver community. He's great with the fans, great in the locker room. He's replaceable, but he knows the system. You know, you have Trey Marshall, you have other players that can replace him, but you have, he's, a more uh, able-minded player for this game, I think. And if they can get him back two, three million a year, he will do it, I believe. And I think Connor McGovern, it's going to be entirely contingent on what the market dictates. Like if he gets out there and finds a a bull market for his services, he's gone. Broncos aren't going to pay him ridiculous money to stay. But if he gets out there and finds a relatively tepid market, I think the Broncos will try and keep him around, you know, see if they can maybe fit him under – under the cap somewhere between a six to eight million dollar a year contract, three year deal. And that sounds like a lot for a guy that's, you know, been making half a million a year basically as a former fifth round pick, whatever he was. But he has shown his value the last couple of years as a starter the team could count on. He's never hurt. Even when he does get banged up, he gets out there on the field, he plays through it. So I think there's some value to Connor McGovern, especially, you know, from a continuity perspective with a young quarterback. 
I don't want to push my luck too much if I'm the Broncos, unless McGovern gets out there and just finds someone willing to pay him, you know, ten, eleven million a year, which could could happen. You know, I wouldn't mind him coming back, but I would still prefer the Broncos to maybe find an upgrade on Connor McGovern, maybe a true natural center, and not just have a, a guy playing guard at center. But like you mentioned, continuity that's so important on a young offensive line right next to Dalton Reisner, no less, and you have Drew Locke back there. He's not going to get a crazy offer, I don't think, like ten million a year. But if he does um, have a, a few offers, I think Elway want to outbid the competition just to keep his starting line together because he's have to replace maybe. Juwan James, maybe Ronald Leary, maybe Garrett Bowles, maybe all three. So if they keep one, I think he'll try to do that. I mean, the going rate for a starting center in the league is between eight and a half to eleven million. So that's just simply what the you know, let's just say the top third of centers in the NFL. That's what they're making. So it will be interesting to see how the how the league views him. And by the way, Brian jumps in with a five dollar donation you, on Super Chat. We love you, Brian. Uh, Jason. He says with a five dollar donation. Thanks, Thank you, Jason. Jason. Says, how much help do you think Drew's getting from Peyton? Zach, this was a story I had immediately following the season finale game. Locke talked about how much Peyton influenced him over that five game stretch as a starter. Specifically, talked about how going into his first road game, which was that Houston game, he called up or no, he, he sent a text to Peyton. Whatever it ended up connecting, he called him really quickly. Peyton called Locke. And kind of gave him some tips on what to look for, you know, on his first road start. Ended up blowing out the the Texans. And he talked about also that he's going to talk to both Manning and Elway for some advice on how to kind of organize and attack his offseason. I love it. I love hearing it. That's what a true franchise quarterback wants to do. A young guy always wants to learn from the best. And who better than John Elway and Peyton Manning? To me, though, it, it, it looks better on the surface because ultimately Peyton's not going to be on the field with him. He's not going to have Peyton's brain, not going to have Peyton's resume. So he can help him, but it's still on lock to put in the work day in and day out, make yourself a better player, and hopefully – uh, um, you know, emerge yourself and really immerse yourself around your teammates. Get your wide receivers together. Get your pass catchers together. Go out, have a passing camp like Peyton Manning used to do. If he can take advice in that sense from Peyton to do active things and not just talk to the guy for a half hour or so, that I would like to see from Drew Locke. Because this year, this offseason, is make or break, not just for Drew, but the course of the Broncos franchise. That brings up what Edward is curious about with a $2 donation. Thank you, Ed. He says, how do you guys feel about Mahomes versus Locke? Now, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but I mean, right now, Locke is outmatched when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not just talking about head-to-head, quarterback-to-quarterback. The Chiefs are significantly more advanced offense and explosive and talented offense and team, frankly, than the Broncos are right now. So it's not exactly apples to apples. But what I will say, Zach is that I'm confident that the Broncos have the right guy that they can build around, give him a year or two to, to build the nest and restock the cupboards around Locke. I think next year, you know, you can – we'll see how the, the first quarter of the season plays out, but I'm I'm a lot more optimistic that the Broncos will, will play the Chiefs a lot harder than they did this year. Again, this year, 2019, they kind of took a step back in terms of, right. you know, getting blown out in both games instead of the one-score losses from the season before. So we'll we'll see how that shakes out. I wouldn't want fans to get too hung up on comparing Mahomes versus Locke because he's not going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. I want him to be the next Drew Locke, the first Drew Locke. I want him to make a name for himself in the NFL and not just ride someone else's comparisons. There are two different quarterbacks right now, two different teams right now. But like Chad said, starting in 2020, starting next season, they're going to play the Chiefs a lot easier. And watching those Locke-Mahomes duels for five, ten years is going to be so fun. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. When artist Yamandu Canosa knocks on Salvador Dali's door, what happens next? Enter the world of contemporary art in a new special exhibit. Now at the Dali Museum. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Yeah, Red Bull, it's just, you know, everyone's got your little rituals, right? The things you do to kind of get in the zone. One of the things I do, I got to have my Red Bull. That gets me locked in. Maybe we should hit them up about sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> hint, hint. For 2020. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out. All right, let's see what else we got here. Edward also wants to know, I heard Brady might go to the Chargers. That's not something I've heard, Zach, but it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for, for Tom Brady post this season. I still happen to believe he's coming back to New England for another year, especially if they could bounce out of the playoffs or don't reach the Super Bowl. He's going to be more incentivized than ever to come back and maybe go out on top. It, football is just uh, what he he lives and breathes on. I don't see the Chargers going after a retread, though, or what Brady would be at that point, considering Phillip Rivers is that now. I think they go after a young quarterback, but that's certainly interesting having Brady come to the division and play him twice a year. Our super chat superstar, Stu McPeak, jumps in with a $20 donation. Thank you, Stu. We love you, Stu. He says, Happy New Year. Appreciate all the effort you both put into these. Looking forward to a great 2020 for the Broncos. Yes, Thank sir. you, Stu. And we are, too. It's going to be a really fun offseason, man. Like, we're still kind of shaking off the after effects of the season. You know, even though you know week 17 is coming up, and it, when it ends, it always feels like an abrupt, just kind of. You know, you go through a little bit of a withdrawal stage, not just as a fan, but as someone covering the team, you kind of have to shift gears. But this year, man, it's going to be fun covering this because the Broncos, you know, they they have so many resources, both in free agency and the draft. It's going to be fun. Now, Andrew jumps in with a $10 donation. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew. I think this is the first I can remember seeing you. Appreciate you, brother. It says, if the top two receivers and the top two offensive tackles are off the board, do you take Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker, or Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver? or maybe Jeffrey mm. Okuda, the corner, at 15. Of those three options, ooh, for me, I'm taking Okuda and rolling the dice that I can get another wide receiver in the second round. But Simmons is really intriguing, too, because he's, he's you know, the Broncos, if they're looking for that coverage linebacker, Simmons is like a borderline defensive back safety slash linebacker that can run around out there. So that would be a real Sophie's choice, Zach. I mean, they just have bigger needs as far as I'm concerned than the linebacker right now. You have Alexander Johnson blossoming. You have a couple players in the secondary like Parks, like Kareem Jackson, who can play multiple spots. So if it comes down to either corner or wide receiver, 
Um, either one I'd be happy with. I'd rather lean toward the corner because you can't count on Chris Harris Jr. coming back, Bryce Callahan coming back, or playing at least. You don't. You have a very thin secondary otherwise. And I think you can get a top receiver in the second, third, fourth round. So um, I would go quarter in that in that scenario. But receiver also is a big need. You need that wide receiver too, and Ruggs would fit the bill tremendously. I'll be stunned though if Okuda gets out of the top five, top ten. I mean, top ten, top five. He's He's the number That's one corner point. on everybody's yeah. board. He's not – I mean, he, he won't be there at pick 15. If the Broncos wanted Okuda, they're going to have to trade up, and I don't see them doing that uh, outside of going after a quarterback, and they don't need a quarterback. So TG jumps in with a $2 donation. Appreciate you, you, brother. Says, C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs? For me, I'm just starting to crack into the draft and, and watching prospects and learning what I can about each guy. Right now, my answer would be Ruggs, but – it's it's dang close, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Chad. I haven't done extensive scouting on either player to this point, but if you land with either Ruggs or Lamb, you have your wide receiver two of the future and a perfect complement to Cortland Sutton. So if they can get either of those guys, it's, it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Similar games. Jacob Smith says, Simmons will be franchised, tagged, or re-signed. Wolf will re-sign as an Elway guy. Parks will test the market, and if Philly doesn't throw him a ton of money, then he comes back to Denver, of course. Will Parks is from Philadelphia. That could be how it shakes out, brother. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, only time will tell. Christy wants to know, do you think Chubb will be good to go at the start of the 2020 yeah. season? Yes. By that point, he'll be almost a full year on down the road. He'll, he'll be 11 months removed from, from tearing his ACL. And nowadays, outside of actual setbacks, and up to this point we haven't heard reports or buzz of any kind of setback for Chubb, I mean – Kind of now it's a it's a seven to nine month recovery, Zach. All right. And I think I just read somewhere that he's gonna start running soon or he's at least on schedule, if not ahead of schedule. So yeah, no, no barring any setbacks in, in training in the offseason, he will be good to go week one, if not sooner, in the preseason for the Broncos. I have no worries about Shep's status for next year. Me neither. Our friend Mark jumps in with a five dollar donation you, on Mark. Super Chat. If Elway steps down, Manning for a GM VP. Chad looks gangsta. Zach, the professor, live in Dallas, Georgia. Falcons suck. Dallas, Georgia. Is that? I didn't know there's a place in Georgia named Dallas. But hey, you know I'm not a geography expert. Falcons suck. Zach, Chad, Chad, Zach, my boys. Appreciate you, Mark. You're the man. You yeah. know this is one of those flat brimmed hats that I had made up a while back when I I had a bunch of mile high huddle hats made up. When I'm out and about, this is probably the one that I I use the most. But this is the one that. You know, as far as flat-brimmed hats, this is probably – I'm getting a little bit too old to wear flat-brimmed hats. I mean, I'm 40 now, dude. I'm officially in my <laughs> fifth decade. I can't really get away with wearing these type of hats too much longer. But the thing about Manning, though, is every fan wants to see that, Chad, including myself, including yourself. It's just not going to happen. If anything, he'll he'll come to practice every now and then, or he'll consult Drew Locke on his own time. But in terms of Manning coming back to being a VP, Elway wouldn't, I think, arrange that, and I don't think it, uh, Peyton Manning would want that. So no chance. Yeah. I'm just not sure exactly that Peyton would want that. Like if indeed he fancies himself a front office czar at some point, like Elway, do you really want to step into the shadow Elway created? Because I mean, Elway's had his shortcomings. We've criticized him quite a bit the last four years, but he brought a world championship to this team as a front office czar did some great things. Now you can credit Manning's influence as a quarterback and how attractive he was to free agents. And that definitely played a role. However, for John Elway to you know, be the architect of the all-time 
most scoring points, most prolific offense in the history of the league in 2013, get blown out in the Super Bowl, have a reality check, and within two years field one of the best defenses of all time and win the Super Bowl, that's not just getting lucky with Peyton Manning. That's a GM that is listening to his scouts, that's making savvy moves in free agency, savvy moves in the draft, and it paid off. Now, it's pretty much everything post-15, starting with that draft class, to be honest with you. The 2015, 2016, and 2017 draft classes is where Elway really kind of crapped the bed. But if you're Peyton Manning, Zach, I'm not sure you really want to follow in that in that shadow, so to speak. Yeah, I don't think Elway would want to have Peyton freaking Manning under him either. It would take away so much of his shine, and I think uh, Elway's ego wouldn't allow that. But, you know, Manning is a guy who's enjoying the time off with his kids right now, enjoying doing whatever the heck he wants to do, and I think that's how it's going to stay uh, for the for foreseeable future. Our friend Big Daddy Kane jumps in with a $10 Thank donation you. on Super Chat. Appreciate you, brother. He says, who do you guys see winning the Super Bowl? Zach, who's your pick this year? I like I th- I happen to think that the Niners are for real in the NFC. I also happen to think the Saints will beat them in the championship game. I'm going to go with New Orleans this year. They just have the offense, they have the defense, they have the coaching certainly. I just uh I think it's their year, Chad. Saints. And they have the proven quarterback that has right. won it before. Yeah, I don't know. This is one of those years, man, where it's replete with possibilities. To me, there's not that one like locked in. The easy answer would be the Ravens. I have a sneaking suspicion, though, that the Chiefs are going to finally make the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl. I tend to agree with you, though, Zach, that I think when it, what we've seen from the from the um, Saints this year, which is different than years past, is they've shown that they can win in a lot of different ways. They can light up the scoreboard. They can play defense. They can run the ball. They can go blow for blow in a tight, low-scoring game. So I think that, especially coming off of last year where they were this close and, frankly, they were robbed, from getting to the Super Bowl, I think this is a year they get over the hump. My pick is also the Saints. Let's see what else we got here, guys. Our friend Larry jumps in. How much for the flat build hat? Got a Venmo, maybe cash app. Um, Larry, we're getting some stuff made up, brother, and we're going to get you some – you're, you're going to have, uh, as as one of our biggest super chat superstars, you'll get access to some of this swag. This one, you're not going to – you don't want this hat. I've been wearing this hat for like – two years probably since 2017 I think is when I got it it's got Chad sweat all through it it, you know it doesn't come through or anything but I've been wearing this one you don't want this one but uh, let's see what slightly above average says here not a long-term concern but was Sutton okay after that hit to the head yeah he returned he was questionable went through the concussion testing protocol came out okay good thing is now is he has like three, four months to do whatever he wants and get healthy. So, yeah, no concern on Cortland Sutton. It, it would have been if they had a game the following week, but just a scary hit, and he'll have some time off now to get right. Yeah, this one, it's a fair point. The Paxton Lynch bust kind of colors the rest of that class. I'm writing home about Justin Simmons. I'm not really writing home about Gotsis. That still, in my book, Zach, was a massive reach taking him with in the you. second round. Yep. And even when it happened, there's a backstory be- behind uh, closed doors of how that shook out that uh, suffice to say it was a surprise to everybody Got that Gotsis was drafted. Basically, it required Bill Kalar standing on the table and convincing John Elway to pull the trigger. He probably would have been there in the fourth round, though. That's the problem. Janovich, yeah, you took a flyer on a fullback, turned out to be a good one. Parks, mm, I don't know about him so much being that much of a difference maker, but he has, I guess – you know that I think of that game in 2018 against the Steelers, where he made that play cutting across the field to hit the the uh, tight end at the goal line and 
you know, popped the ball out. Not only did they not get the touchdown, but the Broncos got the ball on a touchback. So Parks, you know, I just think he's – if you really are honest about Will Parks, Zach, he's an average defensive back in the NFL. And you like his physicality, you like his attitude. But other than that, he's there's not much to write home about. Yeah, I mean, that class, um, you know, excluding Pax and Lynch is probably a B minus, but the Lynch bomb, the Lynch failure brings it down to me to a, a D minus to an F. It's just, you know, you have to hit on that quarterback in, in round one. They didn't do that. I will say nothing, though, Chad, is worse than the 2017 class. Literally nothing. So it's been a big, a big step up since then. Man, you ain't kidding. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Brian jumps in with a $5 donation on Super Chat. Thank you, Brian. Says, if the Broncos move up in the draft, who do you hope they get other than offensive line? I mean, if they were to move up, to be honest with you, it, I would it would be selling out to get Jeffrey Okuda, the corner from Ohio State. And Ohio State has a couple of corners, including Sean Wade. But Okuda is the best corner in this class based on everybody I've talked to. He's viewed as the number one guy, top five caliber player. If they traded up for anyone other than him, not you know, not count Noel, I would be stunned. I'd still be stunned if they traded up for Okuda, but you know what I mean. I'd be stunned if they trade up at all. I mean, they have a a lot of draft picks right now, a lot of needs to fill. I don't think Elway, unless he really falls in love with someone, is going to move up in the first round. One name I will throw out there, though, if they do make a move, Jeffrey Judy, receiver. Yeah. Jerry Judy, sorry. That's a good point. That's a good point, That'd be insane. Holy cow. Could you imagine him opposite of Cortland Sutton with Drew Locke? I mean... Noah Fan, Phillip Lindsay. I mean, that's that's a loaded offense right there. Now you're starting to inch closer to what the, the Chiefs have. All right, one or two more guys, and then we got to bounce out of here. I've got tickets to go see a movie with the family for the holiday. We're going to go see uh, the new Jumanji. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Don't spoil it in the comments, okay, if you've seen it. 
Larry jumps back in. Thank you, brother, with a $5 donation. He says, with McDaniels possibly going to Cleveland, which I'll believe when I see, do you see another Jake? And even then I might not believe it because he might actually fly in and agree to it in principle, Zach, and then not quite sign right, a deal with yeah. <laughs> uh, With McDaniels possibly going to Cleveland, do you see another Jay Cutler situation happening with Mayfield being traded? I can't, you can't put it past him. Right. I mean, you'd like to think, Zach, that – that a guy like McDaniels, when he finally takes that that next head coaching job, you'd like to think that he learned from his mistakes with the Denver Broncos. But I can't put anything past him, man. He's one of those guys that I mean, what he did to the Colts mm. turned out to be a blessing in disguise for them because they got Frank Reich, and you know everything's going to be okay there. But what he did to them, it, leaving them in the lurch with their you know what hanging in the wind, it's it just goes to show you the kind of character he has as a man. And it's it's not much. That marriage between Mayfield and McDaniel's will literally never work out. That was two ego-driven people, and it just will never coalesce the way they wanted to. So I can definitely see uh, McDaniel's. And there's actually a report that said if they hire McDaniel's, he'll be given Bill Belichick like power to be the GM in the sense, and also the head coach. I can definitely see them flipping Mayfield if McDaniel's pounds the table enough and he has that much power. All right, one or two more guys. Then we got a split. Travis wants to know what about Garrett Bowles returning. To the Broncos. Look, I I probably the single player that that causes fans to reach out to me one on one privately, DM me whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, emails too, is Garrett Bowles. You know, fans hate him, and even Elway spoke to that um, in his presser on Monday about how anytime his number gets called, it brings down the stadium, and he's got a reputation that he earned, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing, guys, and I wrote about this right before we went live with the pod. I put up put out an article. Addressing this, Garrett Bowles is not going anywhere. He's going to return for his fourth year and be the starter for the Denver Broncos. Barring some kind of miraculous scenario unfolding on draft day where, you know, a top five, top 10 rated tackle ends up being there at 15, like if Tristan Wirfs or Andrew Thomas is there and, you know, Judy's gone or Okuda's gone or some of the other guys that they really like are gone. If the stars align perfectly, even if they drafted Tristan Wirfs, even if they drafted Andrew Thomas from Georgia, I still think Bowles is penciled in as the starter. We'll create a competition, and we would see how that unfolds in camp and, and preseason. But, guys, you really have to come to terms with the likelihood, the reality, Zach, that Garrett Bowles is going to be your starting left tackle. Here's the silver lining to cling to. All right, We don't know what's going to happen with the fifth-year option. I, I actually think that they're going to end up exercising it where I didn't, you know, six weeks, eight weeks ago, I didn't necessarily think that. I think that now, because of how well he played, I mean, if you look at his, I'm not talking about the one penalty that came at least once a game. I'm talking about his overall play. He got significantly better under Mike Munchak, especially from the from the buy on. He really started to turn the corner. You can't quite say he turned the corner because the the face palm moments continued, and until those go away, you can't say that he's he's turned the corner, but Zach, he's coming back. He's going to be the guy, even if they draft someone, pencil him in as the starter for 2020. I'm still living in, in denial in a sense and say he's not going to be the starter in 2020, but I think one thing we both agree on, I think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion right now, is that he will be on the roster in 2020. He will be either competing for a spot or penciled into that spot. I just hope and pray, like we talk about almost every pod, Chad, that Broncos finally have a young developmental guy behind Bowles who could step in at a moment's notice and actually take the job from him. That's the number one thing they need to do. Develop linemen, put him behind Bowles, and not have to worry even if Bowles becomes Bowles next year. Our friend Jeff jumps in. We know him from Twitter especially. He says, Happy New Year. 
I think we need to replace Royce Freeman in the backfield. $5 donation. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you. you. Replace. Define replace. If you mean find a, an upgrade for the number two running back to to back up Philip Lindsay, I'm in agreement. If you mean just cut and bait with him, that's where I draw a line. I think there's still enough there with Royce Freeman and you have enough of an investment in him as a third-round pick two years removed that you want to keep him around and see what you can maybe get out of him. But I'm not opposed to the Broncos trying to find an upgrade this year in the draft. Plus, the thing about Freeman is he's also cheap. He's on his rookie contract, so you have a backup running back who knows the system, who still can uh, help on early downs, and he's he signed for relative pennies. So I don't think he's going to be cut, but I do think there'll be a new number two behind Lindsey next season, and someone hopefully better at pass catching, someone a little more explosive. What Devontae Booker should have been is what the Broncos should target as a number two behind Lindsey in 2020. Fair point. McGovern was also part of the 2016 class. Fair point. 16 probably does get more shade thrown at him than is than they deserve because of the Paxton Lynch whiff and the reach on Adam Gotsis in the second round. Great point, though. All right, guys, one more, and then we got a split. Let me see what we've got here. Um, what do we got? A lot of these are topics that are reacting to things we've said. Here's Andy. This is the last one, guys. Then we got to cut, cut you loose for the night. One guy I have in mind for Royce Freeman, which might be a stretch, is Kareem Hunt. He brings the strength and sneaky speed to complement Lindsey. I would not be opposed to Maybe. Kareem Hunt. I know he has that history of, um, I think if I'm not, yeah, he, he was he was kind of had a Ray Rice situation where he beat up on a woman. But uh, he's been disciplined by the league. He's bounced around. He's paid the price. I'm not a guy who thinks that one mistake should end somebody's life. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in second chances. So I'm not opposed to the idea. And he was a great player especially in Kansas City. He was kind of the afterthought later on in, in Cleveland there, but I like the idea. I wouldn't be opposed to it, Zach. His baggage notwithstanding, I would love this pickup for Denver because Kareem Hunt is Royce Freeman on steroids. He's everything Freeman you know, could be or, or his potential could be. He would be the perfect complement, though, to Philip Lindsay. I would be very, very much in favor of that move. I know that Eric Trickle really likes Travis Etienne, and he's, uh, he, he's like your quintessential three-down back. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Trickle has a, a good uh, he's got a lot of connections in the draft community. He's got a lot of connections with scouts and he tends to kind of zero in and know what guys the Broncos are going to end up liking in the draft. Doesn't always shake out that they end up in Denver, but you can kind of follow the breadcrumbs, whether it's, you know, they're talking to him, going to the pro days, watch scouting them at games, talking to him, multiple interviews at the combine, things like that. Travis Etienne is a guy that you're going to want to keep your eye on as a possibility for the Broncos. He just keeps popping up into, you know, our orbit, if you will. So, and he's a great player, great three down caliber running back. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I think we all know that the Broncos will draft a running back at some point, and and Travis would be a great pick. So, I'm I'm in agreement with that also. All right, listen up, guys. We gotta we gotta bid you adieu for tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. Big shout out and much love to our super chat superstars. You guys are awesome. We love you. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then make sure you're following my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And stay tuned. We'll be back with a, our regular time tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. For the Mile High Mailbag, no holds barred, all questions. We're going to take as many as we possibly can, spend as much time with you guys as we possibly can tomorrow night. So make sure you have your questions ready, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Have a great start to your 2020, Zach. 
You, you as well. See you around for the mailbag, my favorite time of the week, Chad. Yeah, and I'll let you guys know how good uh, if that Jumanji part two was any good. I guess technically part three, right? But uh, anyway, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.